0: So thank you uh, to Dove Weinsack for covering me over Shabbat. Uh, I also just wanted to start by saying thank you that um, you know so much of the uh, um, learning that we've been doing is you know is about that sense about obviously it connects to as much as it does to and just yesterday and I want to say a little bit about it you know there was this whole theme that plays out throughout the Mesechet about the Yahid uh, and Um and um, you know that at that this earlier stage the um and the mission even before it spoke about the of uh, when you start uh, say, uh, praying for rain and according to Rebbe um you start on the 7th of Marcheshvan. but not because he denies that the 3rd of Marchesh might be the most ideal time but so again it's an interesting inverse of the Yachid and Tzibor relationship that the Tzibor uh, there um, waits to pray for rain even if maybe they need it a little bit earlier because of their concern of even the a few um, individual stragglers um, that, you know, and their responsibility towards those. So that's a major theme here of this Mesechet. And I did want to say, you know, that in the last few days, I've been sort of like, as I tend to, just sort of barreling headlong, thank you, um, when we begin to talk, but I really um, should have a need to, and we will be taking out just a moment, you know, to uh, obviously be uh, mishtatev uh, in the Tsar uh, and in the... Uh, uh, of the of the Of the Khuffi and the uh, three teenage boys that are kidnapped actually have a personal connection because my sister, who lives in Israel, lives in Temon, and um, one of the boys was from Talmon, and two of the boys, one of them from Teelmon and one of the others, goes to the same high school that my uh, nephew goes to um, so um, you know really all of our learning in our Load should be for the uh, For their well-being and that they should uh, be able to come back safely to their families, Um, and we will dedicate, you know, the learning of our daf um, for that. Uh, There's a uh, just read a tefillah here. You know what actually maybe we'll be between at the end of the learning. Can you uh forward send that to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So all right. So um I do want to I do want to say that, um say bring out one or two themes from yesterday before we resume today, which begins at the beginning of Yodala's know, Ahmed but I wanted to out some important themes that you will be seeing. Um, one was um, um, again, this issue uh, that I just said, of the yachid and the tovur, on the one hand, you wait to begin praying for rain the way we pop again until the, uh, until even some individuals get all the way back, that responsibility towards the yachidim. But then the flip of it, which is the next mishnah, which is that the yachidim begin to pray before um, the community sort of has um, has it's gone to such a crisis level yet that the community is not praying, praying, but the, but the yachidim are, um, and um, and this issue of who is uh, the Yechidim is an important question because, again, it's this idea of the, indiv- you know, this uh, dynamic and who's responsible for whom and, um, and so on. So, the Gemara um, says that the Yechidim are Rabbanan, the uh, Torah stages, um, although that's a little bit funny, why the Torah sages are being put in this position? Um, and if you think about it, the um, we have a particular yachid that really comes to the surface a lot in this mesachet, or at least grabs the imagination, which is Choni HaMergel, right? The one who's like the uh, draws a circle, and somebody who has like this very intimate relationship with God, almost like the sort of like the charismatic, you know, you know, individual, as opposed to the more institutionalized leadership. But certainly, it has nothing to do with being a Torah scholar. He's not Rabbi Choni he's Choni um, HaMagel and when the Gemara later talks about who are the Yechidim um, it talks about it contrasts in a way Yechidim to the Talmudim. the Talmudim are those that are no Torah that you know maybe are uh, they're, not, they're not again rabbis yet they're Torah students um, but they are maybe uh, if they want to act as Yechidim they may um, and maybe they're encouraged to and so on and we had the whole discussion yesterday about URL. would it be a type of an a- religious arrogance for them to be acting? in that role on the other hand they're making themselves fast and it's challenging for them. But the real Yahidin that were identified were who, the Gemara says, call somebody who's fit to be a leader, Lufarnes is like a, a lay leader of the community. By the way, the Parnase is to, you know, provide sustenance. Right. So it's about that sort of sense of responsibility um, for the well being of the community and that's a very different model. Like it doesn't just mean somebody who's enough of a Toa scholar to be that maybe it has nothing to do with Torah Scholar at all. For example, like if you said, well, we need to, who's going to be the next president of our show? So let's draw up a short list, okay? So probably the people you put on that short, short list, Roy Limnoto, Parnasso, people are people that in general, even before they're in that position, are people that assume responsibility for the community, you know, have the capacity and in general are people that are concerned for the well-being and commit themselves to the well-being of the community. And that's a very different type of a model, of, of, of an idea. And those are the Yisidim, the people that even before things have hit the crisis level Already see it as their responsibility to do, you know, to to put themselves out and to take steps for the sake of the well-being of the community. So that seems to be the more the sense of who the Yechidim are, and the fact that the Torah scholar or the Torah students can aspire to that, I think, does sort of speak about this sort of, uh, you know, tension or this parallel track of Torah leadership and lay leadership, and the rabbis sort of, you know, would like to see themselves as the leaders of the community, but they're also acknowledge that there is. Like such a thing as lay leadership as well but it's not really here about oh you're a big that makes you I know, a holier person and somebody that should be there really is here this question also about responsibility and I think that you know and sort of uh, communal leadership um, and that's part of this sort of ongoing uh, um, issue here of yakira and Sibur yes is,
1: is there an implication here of uh, major
0: donors donors oh money I don't see that um like roi means somebody that has that, that that's like has money and therefore you would make him want to. I know in contemporary you know uh, usage, I don't think so. I don't think in the Gemara you have that sense of like a major donor. At least, yeah. I thought it's interesting when that sense comes up, but I don't think so. So anyway, so that's like I think um, one important theme um, that comes up here that we'll see again. Um, we'll see a number of times. The other thing that I did want to say about this, by the way, was. The issue, just very briefly, because we have to send, actually start the doc, but I can't resist because it was on Shabbos and I wasn't here, so I wanted to touch on it, was when you start saying St. Helmut's are in Bavel. So the Gemara said 60 days after the Tukufa. Now you should know, by the way, that the Tukufos are basically mapped to the equinoxes and the, um, that works? The equinoxes and the, um, and the, um, and the solstice. So just a little quick, sort of. So you've got the vernal, which is spring equinox, And autumnal, which is fall. Autumnal equinox. Okay, and that's when the days are exactly 12 hours of dark and 12 hours of sunlight. Manage from sunlight from sunrise to sunset. And then you have the uh, winter solstice, which is the the shortest day of the year, the shortest amount of sunlight, and the summer solstice, which is the longest day. What? Yeah. Yeah. So these are all basically on the 21st. Okay, so this is September 21st. December 21st, March 21st, and uh, June 21st. So was we that yesterday? Yes, yes, Okay, there you go. Okay, anyway, so these are also called in Khazal the Tkufot. Okay, so this is Tkufat Okay. Uh-huh. And this is Tkufat Nisan. Um, and I don't know if they, if they the call these Kufot?
1: I, I do. do, yes. It's well, Kufat te- right. It's no, no one's I'm sorry, oh, right, thank me? you. Kufat
0: right. And Kufat and right. Okay, kukha so those are also called the Tkufa. So March says that you start praying for rain in Babel 60 days after the Tkufa, Obviously, we're talking about Sukkot and so on. So we're talking about Tz'Kufat Tishrei. And you start praying 60 days after, that's when they start needing rain in Babel. So 60 days after September 21st gets you approximately November 21st. You look at your sitter, what did your sitter November say? November 20th. 20th. 20th, whatever, right, all right. I didn't do the exact math. Exactly. Give or take, whatever, yeah, fine. 27th. I was wrong. November 5th or 6th. So you take a look at your sitter, right? Oh, okay. yeah. No. Well, the night of the 4th, right? I had told your sitter. Exactly, well, if it's really old, if it's back before 1900. So this, I'll tell says. So anyway, right, so the sitter says, right, what does the sitter say? 14th. It says, right. It says uh, through Mincha, December fourth or fifth, or fifth in civil year. But anyway, you start saying it's December fifth, or the night before. How do you get from November twentieth to December fifth? And the answer is Julian. exactly. This is November twentieth, because now we're dealing with the Julian calendar. So this is so we actually do observe it on. We do switch it on do it on November twentieth. Except we're doing November twentieth Julian, which happens to fall out on December fifth um, Gregorian. So therefore, we are keeping not only the date, but we're keeping the date according to the old Julian calendar. Now, just again for a very brief, very, very brief explanation, Julian calendar did know that there were 365 and a quarter days of a year, so they actually had the regular leap year, et cetera, 134 years, the only problem is, is that it actually is a little bit less than 365 days a year, mm-hmm. and actually our calendar has, is different, the Gregorian calendar is different than the Julian calendar, in the, by three days every 400 years. Okay, every three three, three days, three, three times every four hundred years, it does not have a leap year when the Julian calendar does have a leap year. Basically, any year divisible by hundred, any exact century, although it's divisible by four, it should have a leap year. It does not have a leap year Gregorian calendar unless it's divisible by four hundred. Okay, so that's how you get three day shift every four hundred years, um, and three day, big deal, three days every four hundred years. But you know, a, a couple, enough millennia and it eventually adds up. So by the time Gregory, Gregory came onto the scene, you know, the fact that the Julian calendar had extra leap days when, extra years when it shouldn't have, you know, his, like, November 20th, right, was what it really should have been. I, I, now it's when I start getting confused. Anyway, it should have been fewer leap days, which would have put the actual date, which would have put the actual date much later. So, so he calendar, had to add 11 days.
1: So the calendar is based on the Julian calendar? Well, no, Hillel's
0: calendar of the, oh, you mean about the adjustments, you know, right, shouldn't Hillel have had to have more adjustments in order to keep things more in sync? And the answer is yes. Okay, so eventually Pesach will stop being in the spring, I guess, given enough time. Um, So anyway, so so every 100 years or so, this calendar gets, uh, the, the divergence increases, except on a, Except on, on a year divisible by 400. So in the year 2000, it actually di- it did not continue to diverge. So that's why actually it remained December, December 5th between pre-2000 and post-event. But in 2000 and 2100, we'll start saying it's December 6th. Because the years continue to do what? Let's all
1: remember that. Let's all keep that in mind. God willing. We all live
0: that long. Anyway, so that's how we get to saying it's December. That's how it's not only linked to an English date, but the date moves because it's, it's tracking the Julian date. So, obviously, that's because their desire that we keep on... This is this, this, since, since when do we enshrine an English state? It's one thing to enshrine something based on a, on a reality of where the sun is and the seasons and the Tkufot, but that's not actually a secular date, so why don't we just, you know, adjust it and find we we'll compute it based on what we really know the Tkufot are and now start and saying in November 20th, not December 5th. So that's a really good question, which I don't have an answer. I have no answer, but a good explanation. How can we enshrined the date as opposed to the days yeah, from true. the Tkufa? And the other thing I do want to point out about this, once, once we're talking about this and then we'll move on, is a point that the Rush, a famous cube of the Rush, the Rush comes to his uh in uh, Toledo. Um, that's where he was in Spain, right? Toledo? Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, and he sees that everybody's there. Is it's, it's this period between Sukkot and uh, whatever, 60 days of the Tskufa. You haven't started saying Tain Talumata yet, but they need rain, and it hasn't been raining. And everybody there is engaged in special filot for rain and taniyot for rain. They're doing like everything it says in this Mesetech because they need rain and it's not raining. But guess what they're not doing? No, they're yeah, not, they're saying not saying Tain Talumata because it's not yet 60 days after the Tskufa. And he says, I could not believe it because the Gemara doesn't say, it's not like this thing, the Bavli paskins one way, the Yushalmi paskins another, we Paschans like the Bavli because the Babli is the more authoritative text. So it's not about that. It's about the fact that in Babel they needed rain at a different time than they needed in Eretz Israel. So it says, here in Spain, we need time different than we need in Babel. We need more like likely in Eretz Israel. We need rain earlier. And it's not just this year is an unusual year. Every single year, we need rain like much, much earlier than 60 days before uh-huh. it's Kufa. So he says, like, pot for them. But you don't say it 60 days after it's Kufa, You say it whenever the date is, when you start, when you're in this land, in this country, when you generally start needing rain. And then he says, and I was so ve'ach the lace de mishkachti. I was screeching <laughs> like a crane and nobody paid attention to me. So this is very comforting to know that, you know, if a rabbi ever has a hard time persuading the community <laughs> about something, like they're in good company, like here <laughs> was in their own best interest, but, you know, logically the halacha was that way, but they were like just, and it was somebody of the standing of the rush, and they refuse to listen. They want to see, no, this is what we've always been doing. So they're going to do their Taniyot for rain, but they're not going to say so talamata. The, the only era. remnant of this, and halacha, sadly, or uh, whatever, ironically, you know, his, the community won out. We do not Puskin like the Rush. The only echo we have of the Rush's position, which is completely the logical one, is if you're living in a country which needs rain earlier than 60 days after the Tikufa, so you don't say Teintalamatar, but if accidentally you forgot, and by accident said "tein talamatar," okay. then you don't have to go back. So <laughs> that's a degree to which we bask in like the rush. Yes.
1: So that would seem to apply here, where we need rain all in Eastern North America. We need rain all the time, uh-huh. and when we go two weeks without rain, people go panicky here. Uh-huh. It's not like Eric right. Israel, where you can go months without rain and huh. it's not a big in summer It's not a deal. Interesting, so right? So would, so that's yeah, it's very strange.
0: And I should just say, let me just end this, and then we'll continue with the Gemara. That what this does bring up, you know, one of the powerful things about this Mosecheh, is the sense of, as we've been talking about, rain as demonstrating God's relationship to the land, God's closeness, God's answering us. So it doesn't start raining. It's almost like the, you know, Mitzhakar says, you start praying, praying for rain on Zion Mark If it hasn't rained by Yud Zion, here's what you have to do. It's, it's like, right. But also like, yeah, why hasn't God answered us? Yes, we've got to start doing something. But there's this sense that you're davening and you're expecting a response to the assumption of the efficaciousness of it's 10 days. 10 days, right. Here, it's like, why, why do we say 10 kilometers? Because that's what it says in the citadel. That's what it says in the Mission Berurah, you know. So there's just a sense of like, okay, this is the liturgy. This is what you say, and so on. And that is really, I think, like you know, uh, exacerbated or you know, tip, uh, or, or you know, or, or typified by this thing I just said. Like here, the, you, you know, the rush said we totally need rain earlier, and it's like, but what does that have to do with what we actually say in the Shemona Esrei? You know, which it says you say it's December fifth. That's when we say it. Like regardless of what actually. So the pa- the issue about how we shift from a fila and the sense of the responsiveness and our belief in sort of. God's responsiveness and the way in which this is connected to things that are happening as opposed to making it like a fixed liturgy you know you really you know that's a shift that uh, that, 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 that you really see happening yes
1: I think we don't appreciate the difference in living in a Mediterranean climate such as Spain or Israel or California uh, to here I remember the first time I went to Los Angeles it rained the night before it was mid-September the previous rain had been in February aha uh-huh. wow uh, it is a really big deal, and we don't appreciate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About how the importance of this. Interesting, because thank you. you. That in Bugal, you really didn't need much rain. It was Right, I mean, you're you're getting, you're getting, in my right, right. Right. So and that,
0: right, and that, exactly, exactly. You know, so, so maybe that's also how it starts becoming a little bit more of liturgy because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, also, so
1: now we have a different understanding of ecosystems. Like, if it doesn't rain. In the winter in California, there's no snow. There's no snow. I mean, right. there's no melt in the spring. Well, right. That's when you have to But So it's more about the snow
0: in the winter. Right. Interesting. Well,
1: and that's in an the agriculture
0: alright so let's now take a look now I do so the last thing I will say then getting back to the theme of Yachid and Sibur, and this uh, we'll pick up with is the issue that the Gemara said and this is what we're going to be continuing right now is about uh, you know the Gemara talks about eating in a time on, you know in a time of famine and so on um, and this whole sort of playoff from, uh, from, um, from Bnei Yosef so let's take a look because this will now continue we'll continue in that theme but we'll continue in this theme of the Yachid and Sibur. so we pick up with what? Achai Yosef excuse me three lines from the top on the Am um, a Amarav. Call him our Avon, Anybody who also causes himself to go hungry in a time of famine—maybe you have food, but you don't want to. I mean, it doesn't mean you starve yourself literally, but you do not. But you know, you only eat sparingly because you want to ident- identify with the uh, share and the suffering of the community. Is saved from an unusual death, meaning not like an na- unnatural a- death. Shne in, in uh, famine, God has uh, redeemed you from death. says, he, he has redeemed you from famine. This is what it says. In the merit that somebody is causing himself to go hungry in the time of famine, is saved from an, an, an unnatural death. Um, so and now again and here is again this theme that here you are as a yachid you could separate yourself from what the suffering of the community but you choose rather to not just emotionally but even in your actions act in a way that really places you within the uh, within the with, you know within the tragedy within the suffering of the communities so again that yachid-zibur uh, relationship is uh, really a, is really a being a, um, you know focused on here and now we're going to continue with that. Uh, not only about food, a person should not be um, having sex during the times of famine. He had two children before the period of famine came, but once the period of famine came, he was no longer. Now, does that mean it's a general sort of like we said before? You know, obviously you could see a parallel here, like the Mishnah. There is Taanit. Uh, which is mar'iv atzmo, there's asur Tashmi shamita, so here not having sex, um, and um, so it's just a way of sort of of, 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 you know, of sense of denying oneself certain pleasures, but also could be, you know, that bringing more children into the world, and right, and more mouths to feed, and is exactly, is also sort of seen as sort of disregarding the suffering that, you know, and what is happening around you. Um, Those that are deprived of children, meaning people that have not yet have children, are allowed to have sex during this period. Tanu so So again, that's...
1: What? No,
0: No, but again, I think that that's interesting in terms of that issue of balancing Yaquid and Sibur. There's an idea of identifying with the Sibur and so on, but then there's also, you know, particular, profound personal needs sometimes that need to be addressed, so I think that there is that question of how to exactly strike that balance you know, what, what did you want to say about that?
1: So it's, it's about the uh, Tanu, because it's not about the Yeluda I mean, uh-huh. it's about also the Yeluda because the Yeluda, um, Yeluda is also um, taking money I mean children right. are also so, but, but there are ex- um, a
0: exceptions exceptions, right
1: Right. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. right. So
0: thank you, but but I but but, but what? Please, I don't know. It's a good question, but so I think you're right, but I don't, I don't think that it means that the issue of pleasure and children are intertwined. I don't think until it just means that the only problem of having sex is that of pleasure. Maybe you're right. I think it could also be just, you know, bringing more children into the world at a time like this. But I also but what I think is that sometimes you can't always be worried about, you know, the world's problems. If you, you know, you've also got, you know, your personal profound problems that sometimes have to override. So that's sort of the way I read it is, again, trying to figure out this balance between the individual and its seaboard. You uh, can
1: say it's more a technical you, so if you have a mitzvah revival you haven't uh Right, just you know, the, yet, maybe the
0: Right, it's just a technical mitzvah aspect. That that yeah, you could frame it that way as well. Okay, so the marks continues like this. Um, okay. And, and one of them separates himself from the community and, not and is not So the two heavenly angels that accompany a person come and they, you thought it was only on Shabbat but actually according to uh, other gemarot it's actually the whole time there's actually a little tefillah you're supposed to say when you go into the bathroom to tell the angels to wait outside when you have to go to the bathroom I'm serious Anyway, um, and they come and they put their hands on your head, the Omrim, and they say, after this person's head, and they say, ploni zesh al This person that separates himself, he should not be in the constellation of the community. Which is, by the way, quite fascinating, you know, because that's, in a way, a whole theme about the beginning of Megilat Ruud, thinking about it. They were literally pirei minatzibor when they had time, and then they come back, and anyway, so, all right. Tanya, we done another so who do I care? They're suffering. I'll just go and I have enough uh you know money and resources, I'll take care of myself here you are, you're rejoicing, you're slaughtering sheep and, uh, and cattle. Yai and eating meat and drinking wine. the chateau,, eat and drink because for tomorrow we will die. He thought that was just Epicurus. So <laughs> so this is a guy who's doing, he's just you know, uh, indulging himself in pleasures. So what does it say afterwards? this will be revealed like, to, the, to the ears of God this uh, sin will not be atoned for you until you die so therefore this is a very ter- terrible sin um, you know the whole point about Polish is listed amongst those like that whole sense of sort of identifying you know with the community I mean one should even point out as well in terms of the whole question of you know punishment and, and those types of questions that the shot of the idea of somebody getting karait hikaret hikaret, you know, means separated from the community, right? So, you are Me you are me'amav, you are cut off from your community. So, that whole sense of sort of, of you are, you know, the ultimate punishment, in a way, is this, uh, you know, is this meaning, you know, you know, is about, this question about being part of, or cut off from the community, so it's not, surprising that you know because sort of translated in terms of, uh, of of Olam Haba Yes. I
1: mean I was gonna say we just made a shift. because we started out by saying that it's a good thing you do, like you need to you need to mature that. Now we're saying the bad things you don't. Right. I mean, it's being more of an imperative on
0: Right. That. Although there it was actually cause starving yourself. You know, here it's you're actually comp- going and indulging yourself. You're completely feeling yourself off. You know, you're completely disregarding it. But it's a good point the shift of the you know of the censure here.
1: Well uh, is actually about to cover that all.
0: Right, okay right well well now we're going get even worse cuz i tried to meet us that's only average people uh meaning you're average bad above me that or whatever wicked people it says um, um, so let's go and take wine and uh, and, and you know get drunk with meat and it'll be like this tomorrow now how is it really different is not so clear Rashi says the difference is that earlier it said Machar namut, that a person really is afraid that they'll die as opposed to like you know let's just stomp, live it up reading that more literally that you're really afraid so you're doing it out of fear that you'll die that's one thing here the guy just wants to party all the time and there's no sense of a fear that he'll die that's even more of a Russia. Rasha what does it say after that the right is lost and there's nobody paying attention because it's because of the evil that the righteous have been taken away so this person's sins cause even the the righteous in the community to die and Rashi sort of says it means and therefore that the tzaddikim won't be available to pray for the community so that's also interesting again about that I would say that yachid idea that here's the tzaddik the yachid that could come to the defense of the community and because of the way this individual is separating himself from the community you know he impacts those special individuals that could help the community um you should you should participate with the you know uh, afflictions of the community for such is what we find by moshe um, moshe they, they took a rock for him to sit on during this war against amalek well, Moshe didn't have a pillar or a blanket. He needed to get a rock. Since the Jewish people, or Israel, is in, in in pain and suffering, they're going to war, even I will be with them and I will participate in their suffering. So you don't just stay at home and watch on TV in your nice, you know, comfortable living room. You actually find ways to identify and participate with this suffering again and one who does this will ultimately see the consolation of the community who will testify if I go ahead and I do this in private nobody will know meaning I can publicly appear to participate in what the community is doing you know this also raises that interesting question Right, what does it mean to be part of the community is it just in the obvious visible ways or is it here even in terms of you know sort of your own sort of emotional internal, private ways. So here, look, out when I go out with the community, I'll daven with them, I'll participate with them, even if personally I'm not really feeling anything, and when I go home, I'll do my own thing. Who's going to testify out to wives? says, "Beito shall Adam um, the Kiroth beito shall Adam beidim Avnei beito, excuse me, the rocks and the beams of his house will testify against him. He even makes here. act, the rock from the will call out from the wall. Um, the capis uh, uh, capias uh, meeth ya anena. What capis is a capis meeth ya anena? The capis, which is like the uh, pieces of uh, Raji says, like like the stones that you would put in between the uh, wood, you know, to sort of uh, give it stability. That will that will also that will answer against him. So, you know, what you sort of think is taking place in your house and private and nobody sees, you will somehow be made, it will be brought into the public sphere, the very house which is sort of signifies the privacy in which you're trying to separate yourself out. You'll be somehow shamed publicly. So, um, but again, the important point here is, you know, the, impor- the the idea that it's not just about your public behavior, which is significant here. Today, <speaking> back to the two heavenly angels, they testify against you, God will command his angels against you, I don't know what to sort of read into the you know, focus on the uh, angels here, um, as, uh, you know, um, uh, there, should, there should be something more to be said about this, why all of a sudden we're finding the angels are the ones that kick you out and the angels are the ones that announce it, Then I don't really have something profound to say about that. You're very soul testifies against you, which you know is sort of like your sinning is really between you know, or you're separating yourself out. Is that your sort of interior emotional plane or your private plane, but ultimately that will speak against you. <laughs> From that, that dwell well that lies down in your bosom you should which normally might be interpreted as your spouse, you should watch what your mouth says. So what? I'm sorry?
1: That's the don't even think sterling Oh, <laughs> oh! There you go. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, but um, okay, right. So the Adam, who he Allah. You excuse me. Did I just give a lie? Your Adam very limbs. atem You are my are my witnesses, says God. Um, I don't. From the context of pasuk, I'm not exactly sure how it knows that it means the limbs. But okay. Yeah, it is plural. Um I didn't, uh yeah, I didn't check it, but if there's another Ateme Dai which I know which is about uh Avodazara and so on, which I didn't remember to be about the limbs of a person. Um Anyway, so I think this is interesting about your very soul, like, is this basically saying that these things impact your, like, neshama? Meaning, you know, are, are they trying to say that you think you're doing it in private, but ultimately, thing, you know, you think you're, you, all the things you're doing nobody knows about, ultimately they'll become public. You know, people do find out about these things and they do become publicized. Um, you know, that would sort of like be the very house will call out. Or maybe it's saying, you know, maybe they don't become public, but it eats away at your nishama, you know, or it affects, you know, your very person. You know, I think that there could be something being said here other than just, like, some miraculous way in which it will be, but trying to reflect, you know, what actually, you know, it will be the consequence. What did you want to say, Seth? That I
1: think it also says something about creating a gap between oneself and one's essence or being or something.
0: Uh-huh. So the, right, so, uh-huh. uh-huh. So and
1: creates that gap between you are and you're in Shama, you're right 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 I going right, right. a very good point that uh, you know your Evarim are the ones that you're indulging by all those physical pleasures right so it's, 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 oh it's you mean the internal. fact that
0: oh you're looking so nice and healthy yeah, that no, testifies but, to, yeah, no, to what you've been
1: doing right yeah, no, but also to a shift from you know the physical you know manifestation of it to the more spiritual impact. right right so it goes from that in Shama or the Malachim you know it affects the external right you know, right, I, I right, right.
0: Just, okay nice Where, where's the positive salary uh, 4310 yeah, I don't see where it's about it doesn't Lynch. look like limbs yeah <laughs> at least in the shot yeah yeah it is about
1: the
0: Abodezah yeah yeah I don't know okay anyway alright so now <laughs> yeah okay alright so now let's continue so it says like this um El Munavein Avel this is from um from Dvarim from um Hazinu um a a god of uh trustworthiness there is no perversion El Munar Tashimini for Aminor Shaim walama ba fil alavira kalash osim the same way the wicked get punished in the world to come even on a small sin (laughs) therefore the righteous get punished even for a small sin in this world like this is Chazal's attempt you know also which is very obviously important thing to address in the HaTanit and it gets touched on multiple times which is the whole sense of like um, theodicy and a reward and punishment right like I mean the Pesukim say you do the mitzvot you don't do the mitzvot you get driven from the land well you know it doesn't always exactly work out that way way, right? And one of the things, by the way, that I've been pointing out is that Ta'anit, I think, is no, it, it, it's, it's noteworthy that in Ta'anit it's not like the response to lack of rain is, oh, we sinned let's do tshuva. Meaning there is tshuva mentioned a little bit when it talks about the public sort of Ta'anit, but mostly it's God isn't giving us rain, let's call out to God. And, you know, Ta'anit is a way of intensifying that calling out to God. So in a way, some of that whole question of theodicy actually is not as central as you might think. It's not as Necessarily linked to sin and so on in the, in the normal way and about sin and tshuva and so on it's about the relationship and if God is giving us rain we have to really work at restoring that relationship but nevertheless it is an issue that does come up and chazal are always worried because or, you know or, or, or pay attention to the fact that it empirically doesn't work that way that the righteous you know do well and the, and, and the wicked suffer and the basic w- way that the chazal deal with it is you know ascribing most of the accounting to olam haba and so no olam but all get equal. Okay, fine, get equal, but why is it unequal still in this world? Well, because the Rishayim are doing well because they're getting rewarded for all of their tiny little mitzvot. Don't worry, that's a way of clearing the ledger so they can get fully paid up for their Averas in Olam Haba And the, Rish- the Tzadikim are having it bad because they're getting paid up for their Averas here so that they'll be able to get totally rewarded in Olam Haba Okay, so that's this idea of El Amunah. Although there's no perversion, Kishem Shemash. Um, the same way they'll get their reward in the world to come, the righteous, even the tiny mitzvah. That's why they the Rishoim get rewarded, even for the small mitzvot. So Sadiq um, uh, God is righteous and uh, upright. Um, um, so, what does that mean? Amru, or they take it amru. At the time that a person passes away, to his uh, eternal rest. Now, it's not niftarim, which you could understand where it says because but it's nifratim from the word prat are enumerated enough. The so, and they the angels say to him, look, here's what you did, be on ploni, and this place at this time. And he has to admit to it. The and they say to him, sign sign here that you admit that you've done all these things in your life. and he signs, Biyad Right In every person's handwriting he will sign. The low, oh! Not only does he admit that he's done all these things, Ella. He accepts the justice of the uh, of the judgment against him. You've judged me properly. You got are found righteous in your word. It's a pretty scary idea, right? Like when you die, they're going to play you back the movie of your whole life. <laughs> everything you did in private, everything in public, and you're going to have to admit to all of it. So, uh, presumably what that is doing here is it's echoing back the idea of, adam, you know, in the end, you yourself will have to testify against yourself about everything that you have done wrong. But now obviously we're generalizing it and it's not just about Parashmin Um Yeah? so it says um, uh Shmua Kola Yoshev okay so that okay so now that was the end of that whole fascinating thing but again the major theme there is about Parash Minat Tibur and being Mishtateif in the Tsar of the Um again something which is uh, the, a larger scene here of Yachid and Tibur and also sadly very relevant now of course with uh, all the things that are going on for, for the Chasufim, and you know and the it's easy to, uh, to not but you know the, the, the imperative of course to really identify and be mishtate so the Gemara now continues and says Amar um, Shmuel so now we get back to the issues of fasting Kola Yoshe but again this is going to be a little bit surprising given this whole Masechet let's see what Shmuel says anybody who sits in a fast is called a sinner okay we just got through the whole idea the whole is about fasting but you're considered a sinner well, well, we'll talk about that, but let's read what it says. Savar, ki hai tana detani, he will the following tana that we taught. Rabbi alazar ha kafar barabi omer. lomar mud la marvikhi peralav mer sherchata by the Nazir he used the tone for him for that he sinned on the soul now the pshat and the is first of all this is only the sin offering that a Nazir brings when he becomes Kameh because he encountered a dead body um, and al- al-hanafesh means for the dead body in which he encountered but that's not the way the Gemara is reading this <speaking in Hebrew> with what soul did this person sin <speaking in Hebrew> he sinned against his own soul that he deprived himself from wine so alo it's very much you can make a this person that only afflicted himself from withholding wine. Nikko is called a sinner. Hamitsar Atma called Davar Davar Allah How much more so is somebody who withholds himself from all things. Now, by the way, I do want to say a parenthetical point here that somebody pointed out to me, which I, I, I like was so true and I realized that it's because of like a Gemara like this. You know, that we identify the Nazir with, like, asceticism, and it's that Sierra is about denying a pleasure. But it's, you know, but, but it's not so clear that the issue about wine is about the pleasure of wine. It's about the fact that wine, you know, you know, intoxicates and makes you, like, lose your ability to necessarily, like, think clearly and think, you know, and, 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 um, so it's not necessarily the pleasure aspect. I mean, it's not that the Nazir denies all pleasure. He doesn't deny meat. Like, normally you think about, bass or Right, so it's only yayin, and you know I think that there's an importance not to let the Gemara reframe that the Nazir is about asceticism. But nevertheless, that's the way it's being read, and saying that the uh, that you know here he's a sinner for becoming an ascetic just about wine. How much more so somebody that denies himself all things? Let's just read a little bit more, and the Gemara says like this. Um Rabbi Eliezer Omer Rabbi Omer Nikra Kadosh. So as opposed to Kafar, Hakafar, Rebelazar says he's called holy. Shinamar Kadoshia Gadelper Holy he will be, the growing of the uh, wildness of the hair of his head. This person that only denied himself one thing, Nikra Kadosh, Hamitari Atmoni called Davar Kama, much more so somebody who afflicts himself from all things. Shmuel um, ha'ikri kadosh what does Shmuel do with the fact that he's called holy so Zemar says ha'u that means the hair is holy that he's not allowed to shave the hair but it doesn't mean that he as a person is holy for adopting this practice isn't he called a sinner no ha'u desoyiz ma'av that just means that he became tameh. the simple sense of the pasuk not he's a sinner for being a nazir now it's interesting to note of course that this issue about the, 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 the is asceticism a a positive religious practice you know is not something that goes away I mean Ramban you know on the Pesukim says and probably is out of the that the um, you know that the Nazir uh, the reason he brings a, uh, a sin offering at the end of the process here talking about the sin offering he would bring if he, uh, if he became Tame but it's because like you know ideally he should have remained a Nazir his whole life you know and that's like it's, it's a sin to stop being a Nazir
1: um,
0: again although you know um, um, whereas Rambam famously quotes this Gemara Rambam in uh, Shmona Prakim and he uh, quotes the Yerushalmi which uh, even makes the point uh, stronger and the Yerushalmi says isn't it not enough for you v'chilo asa Torah, that you have to go and make more things forbidden for you you know that the whole idea Rambam says that this is like a sickness that people have got this idea of asceticism as a religious practice from the uh, basically from the Christians you know and, uh, and that the Torah just wants you to have moderation you know the Rambam's and, mean, and control not to be led after your lusts but the idea of self- Self-denial as a religious practice, you know, Raman says is, you know, is a complete perversion. So obviously there have been various rands within Judaism about this, but the point I want to make in this context is that um, Michael's question, which is, in what context are we talking about doing the Tanit, right? Is it about the idea of, you know, would, would Shmuel say, well, when you have to do a Tanit because there's no rain, yeah, you got to do it, but everybody's considered a Chotin presumably not right? presumably it's one thing when you're doing this because as I said as a way of intensifying calling out to God it's sort of part of this you know part of the reaching out to God that's where it's appropriate but if it's done as a religious practice in itself that by separating myself from the world this is something that's going to make me holy you know that's where Shmuel says actually why that's the Nazir right it's not like a sense of this urgency to call out to God and so on no I'm holy, and not only, and the thing I should mention, because again, of a the theme of Yahid and Sibur, not only is, I think, I would argue, is the problem that is self-denial and separating from the world a positive religious value or not, but also if you think about the model of the Nazir, it's also about me being holier than everyone else, mm-hmm. right? Every I am going to separate myself out. I'm going to put myself in this very holy place and not get involved in these worldly pursuits that everybody else does. So it's actually, in a way, the <coughs> opposite of the Nishnah. In a way, it's interesting, it's juxtaposed with the pro- right there's a the person who was because he was indulging when everybody else was suffering and starving but you could also be in the reverse you're going to deny yourself when everybody else is living a normal life so you could say that that's lovely and that's holy and you're trying to achieve, but you could also say, no, there's an intrinsic problem there because the whole theme here is about the Yechidim caring about the tibor. They're praying for the tibor before the tibor even prays for itself. They're Mishpate, right, to separate and make yourself holier than the tibor. So I think that there's a double critique in what Shmuel is saying. A, the idea of asceticism itself being a religious practice, and B, the way in which that that's a poratim, not tibor. Of course, you have the other strand here in Rabbalazar. Okay, there was a comment or yeah.
1: Uh, just two comments on small statement. Uh, I understand uh, the Yoshe B'Kaney as someone who is constantly or regularly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm uh, not just.
0: An right, and that's person. the way I was sort of describing it as well. It's not like a one-time type of a thing, right? And also,
1: the Gemara could have understood this uh, clearly. Does not. Yeah. Could have understood this, especially in the context of the public-private. Uh, In contrast, that we just saw, as someone who is fasting is seen as a sinner. Why are you fasting? Oh, Nikra. You must have done something wrong. Oh,
0: that's interesting. Interesting. And that goes also to the word of Nikra, like how he's perceived or called. Interesting you want to say there's
1: a similar discussion in the in
0: dharm about it about yeah it, um, yeah My, yeah this thing repeats itself clearly, mm-hmm. but I do think it's very powerful the way it's being used here if you think about it as the mirror image of the er, of the earlier discussion um, and also what different meaning of the fast is, right fasting in the context of of a communal a need and you know a communal outcry is one thing fasting in a sense of a self you know centered religious uh, sort of you know um, striving is maybe a very different type of a thing yeah,
1: that's yeah. Issue, but you said that the emphasis here is not on the shuva aspect right but isn't shuva also working on our relationship with the
0: shen yeah but it's in a different way you know I mean it's uh, you, I, you, yes but the point of that's not what's being focused meaning I think a normal approach is that you know sin separates us from God and we have to fix the sin in order to go back to God right but then there's also the idea of like maybe we don't even know what's separating us from God we just know God isn't answering and, right and we have to just really really try to reach out and to call out or whatever you know so it's like somebody is trying, you know, is, uh, somebody isn't returning, you know, uh, a a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend isn't returning the phone calls, right? How much is it like, I'm sorry for whatever I did (laughs) wrong, or or how much is it just to try to restore the uh, connection, you know? So I think that that's the issue here. All right. Um, All right, so the Mars goes like this. um, Go ahead. Okay, so... we just did it. Um okay lezher haki really says that this person is holy. Adam interesting phrase. The person should measure himself, should see himself. Like, the holy is in his stomach. Like, uh, talk about this idea of, like, you know, about the Tzel Malokim, like, God is in you. And the point being that to deny yourself food is to, you know, is to sort of uh, deny, you know, not take care of your religious responsibilities to your, to, to, to your body, to yourself. I mean, it's even more graphic than that. God is, the holy is in your stomach. In your very essence, in your very midst is the holy. So obviously you have to take care and feed yourself and shouldn't be denying yourself. Right. By the way, there is that aspect of that. I should say part of the whole question of asceticism as a religious value does have to do with this question of a dualism. Right, the difference between like you know the physical and the spiritual. And if you're that, and if you're so, if you see those things as separate and as competing, then you want to separate yourself from the physical so you can be more spiritual. Right. If you see them as more, much more integrated, that like human beings are created with Selim Elohim, And if you read that in a physical way as well, that's somehow the very you know again I mean we try to avoid that type of a reading. Because of the associating of the physical with God. But anyway, you know, then it leads to a very non ascetic approach. Your body is holy. You have to take care of your body. So that is, so here you see him saying the opposite. So the had the it depends on whether you're up to it. If your body can handle it, then it would be a holy thing but if you're actually damaging your body in the process then it's a not holy thing so that obviously tips the scales in favor of the asceticism assuming you can manage it which goes against the, I think, deeper theological point of (laughs) ke'ilu kadosh sheroi v'toch me'av Mishraki says, he... Now, who, who is the he here? Presumably it's the one that fasts, but let's read the pasuk and then I'll tell you a different girsa. He's called holy. Shene'amar is... Or chassid, right. Uh, righteous. I don't know how to translate it. It's pious, I think, would be the best one. Shene'amar, gomel nafsho, ish chesed. So, uh, what's the last word here? Uh, something. So now it's a very strange pasuk because pasuk is one who... You know, give you know, takes care of his soul, but also mean his body, right? So is a is a pious man, um, and one who denies his flesh is a is cruel. So what does that mean that you're supposed to do? It, you know, be be an ascetic. So where do you get that from? It so Ravenu Chananel wow. and actually Tosus as well has a different girsa. The girsa is that somebody who that who's called a ch- uh, ch- chasid is somebody who does not is not yoshev kol, their guess is not saying <laughs> the exact opposite it is pious to take care of yourself and not to actually be in a ta'anid um, Amarav Shesheth Hi, Barbe Rav Yasi Bata Anisa, If you have a Torah student uh, that is sitting in a Tanis, Lecho a dog should eat his his meal. I Meaning, like he's not doing anybody any good. Like, uh, why? Because, as Gemara will say, well, we'll we'll see. We'll read two more lines. This is a little incongruous to the current topic. There's no public fast in Babel except for Kishvat, since Babel ha- does not need rain. So, the whole theme of this Mesechet of public fasts for the sake of rain never take place in Babel, and the only thing you would do in Babel that would be the severity of a Tanitzi bore starting the night before, you know, no, no sex, no bathing, all of that would only be Tisha so No, know. no, no, but the fasts of this Mesechet of rain are not happening in Babel. Now, that has, I don't know what that's doing in the middle now we'll get back to the last line which will sum up our earlier discussion this is going back to let a dog eat his food because it comes at the expense of the more important religious pursuit of learning Torah so this is not saying that that is intrinsically not a religious pursuit but what is it coming at the expense of there are other religious pursuits which are more important so again the fascinating question about the value of a Tani not in the context Context of Taanit tzibur that Yachid, but not Yichidim being mitanef for the tzibur being mitanef for themselves, and to what degree is that a positive um, or a negative? Okay, let's end with a. Uh